Welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. This Sunday, Apostle continues in the Word of His Grace series as he preaches a sermon titled, Grace by Acknowledgement. Apostle begins by teaching that nothing that comes from God is common, and therefore His grace over our lives should not be considered as such. He continues by teaching that God's grace is made manifest when we acknowledge it. So grab your Bibles, your pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Praise the Lord. If it were up to me, it would go on. And you're glad to be in the sanctuary. Don't you feel like lifting your hands in the sanctuary? I'm going to keep campaigning until that song is sung. Lift our hands. And we will praise you for us. Yes. <laughs> okay. I've just realized I only have very few minutes. Those who are joining us online, you're welcome. Those who still feel like going back online for one minute to share the link, you can do so. Just search um, Apostle Frederick Luma. Oh my. You'll find it. Acts chapter number 10 and verse 14. Now, I assume we've all been following because I've been teaching the same series for how many months now? I started after my birthday, right? So I started in February, on the 3rd of February, I think. Because on 27th January, I was preaching on uh, bond servants, something like that. Bond servants. And then I didn't finish the sermon for some interesting reasons. And then from there on, I've been talking about grace. We have defined grace, I don't know how many times. And now we are in the final phase. Last week was supposed to be the last sermon on grace, but as it stands, it might finish at the end of June. So let's start from Acts chapter 10, and we're going to go to verse 12. We are talking about how grace can increase, and before I give you the title, I want to give you a principle. I give you the title, I want to give you a principle. So, maybe from verse 9. And we will praise you for the rest of our days. Yes. So the next day, as they went on the journey and drew near the city, Peter went up the house to pray about the sixth hour. Now we know who these people were. This is Cornelius and Cornelius' team. If you remember, there's a gentleman named Cornelius. The guy's giving and his prayers came up as a memorial before God, and an angel came to him to ask for a man. Okay? And so when they sent these people to Peter, this is what happened. Then he became very hungry, well-brained, and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. A trance is one of the types of visions, okay? There are different kinds of visions. There's what is called an open vision, where it's like a movie. It's in the natural... Here you are, 
and you can see it happening like there. That's an open vision. Then there's what is called a trance. It's similar except with a trance, the natural setting goes on pause for a while. Okay? With a trance, the natural setting goes on pause for a while. Then there's what is called a vision of the night. This is one that comes like a dream, but it's different from a dream because it's a vision. And there's a difference between a vision and a dream. That's why even the way you interpret visions and dreams are a little different, if you've noticed. You've observed, right? Okay. And then, of course, we've got an inner vision. This is where with your inner eyes, you see something in the inner man. Remember, you've got an inner man. So you've got inner eyes, you've got inner ears, so you see it within. Praise the Lord. So Peter had a trance, and he saw heaven opened, and an object like a great ship bound at four corners, descending to him and led down to the earth. And then the next verse reveals uh, something. It says, In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. These were foods they were not allowed to eat by virtue of being Jews. And the very next verse reveals uh, something that's so personal to me, something that I feel the Lord has given us a rema word over my life. And a voice came to him saying, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Praise God. Somebody saying, this is my word, eh? Kill and eat. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm not sure how many words like that have ever been spoken, but it's just so beautiful. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything common or unclean. So in short, these were foods that were not allowed to eat. And look at the next verse. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. And what this scripture is ideally speaking of is the Gentiles. We were unclean, but God cleansed us. Hence, we must not be called common. But there's a principle that I wanted to show you from here. And the principle is, if something is of God, do not call it common. If something is of God, do not call it common. Many people have missed out on a move of God because they considered something common, which was of God. I'll tell you something. Something can be very godly, but interpreted very differently. Can be interpreted very differently. In Acts chapter 2, when they received the Holy Spirit, have you noticed it says, some marveled. But it also says, in the very same verses, some mocked. So something can be very godly, but treated as common. Now, normally we advise you not to treat what you see on another person's life as common. But my question is, what about what's on you? What's your attitude towards what God has placed in you? Do you consider it common? Do you consider it as just nothing? Ah, it's just dreams. Do you know those dreams? Do you know that there are dreams in this world that saved an entire nation? The entire nation of Egypt was saved. And because Egypt was saved, Israel was saved. Because Israel was saved, the Messiah was born. It was just a dream. Remember... Do you remember his brothers would literally say, uh, his brothers would literally say, ah, the dreamer has come. What, what were they trying to do? They were trying to make him see what was in his life as common. Praise God. Some people say it's just a dream. Do you know Solomon had an interaction with God in a dream and received wisdom in a dream? It was a dream. You know that? Remember that king, the one who got Abraham's wife when Abraham told a skillful truth. Because remember, Adam, Abraham skillfully said Sarah was a sister. Sarah was a stepsister. 
this is a half sister, right? Something like that. So he skillfully only revealed one part and didn't reveal the other. And have you observed that man had a dream and in that dream God came to him and said, you're a dead man. Okay, okay, God telling you you're a dead man. <laughs> but in a dream, he was able to negotiate with God and God told him, okay, wake up and go tell him to pray for you. Imagine the same guy who made a mistake, God tell him to pray for you. <laughs> Interesting. What am I trying to say? There are many things that we regard as common, but are not very common. Don't consider what God has placed in your life as common. I prophesy every once in a while. Are you serious? You're calling that common? Being able to interpret God's divine will. Praise God. Being able to understand the scriptures, you're calling that common. Oh my God. Every time you post a dot, you get 50 likes. You think that is common. Can you imagine how much you can influence those 50 people? You think it's common to have influence over one person's life. Okay, I keep that thought to myself. But since you forced me, <laughs> I remember in some of the chats I have with the young men. But let's just keep it in the young men's group. Not so. We we just keep it in the young men's group. We have we have a few discussions. <laughs> After those discussions, ah, they will never send a text anyhow. All those emotions, getting them after you, you think that is common. My mom will be busy. <laughs> be careful what you do to human beings Jesus died for. Praise God. <laughs> Why is that getting a lot of claps? <laughs> I was just playing. <laughs> The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears attentive to their cry. Anyways, so what I'm trying to say is that which God has placed in your life, do not consider it common. Stop considering it common. Why is it that you're always being put in leadership positions? Why is it that people always want you to speak to them? Why is it that everyone just feels comfortable opening up to you? And you know, the other day I got a call. I was a bit surprised. Somebody gave me a phone call and they told me, Apostle, I'm going to A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And they said, I just want you to encourage me. So you can start now. <laughs> and I probably told them what they already knew and what they had read. And at the end, I feel so encouraged. Like, okay, so maybe let's not consider these things common. Praise God. Stop considering it common. Before I can teach you how to not consider it common on other people's lives, I would advise you not to consider it common on your life. Because you know, the way you, the way you treat yourself has got an impact eventually on how you treat people. By that I mean, um, if you love yourself effectively, it's easier for you to love people. Now the trouble comes in if you don't love yourself, but you love people. You might sometimes put yourself in situations where you're being unfair to you for the sake of others. And that's not healthy. You might find yourself staying in toxic relationships, staying in toxic friendships because you're being unfair to yourself. Praise God. Or sometimes others might intimidate you because you have not acknowledged what's on you as well. 
Okay. Well, sometimes it can even produce a bad attitude where because you've, not, you've never acknowledged anything on your life, whatever you see on others, ah. I hope you're getting my point. Whatever ah means, those who are listening to the podcast, ah, in, in Zambian language, grace by acknowledgement. That's today's sermon title. Grace by acknowledgement. Okay? Grace by acknowledgement. There are certain realms of grace you're never functioning effectively if you don't learn to acknowledge. I want you to think of all the people in the Bible. Think about Gideon. The guy had the grace to save the entire nation of Israel, but he was hiding. And until he acknowledged he was a mighty man of valor, he was never going to blow the trumpet and all the clans gathered to him. He was hiding. I want you to think about David. What gave David the confidence to fight Goliath? David acknowledged what was on his life. He acknowledged that which was on his life. That's why he came and said, is there not a cause? He knew that he had the anointing. Because remember, when he was anointed as king, what does a king do? A king defends the people. Why do you think King Saul was unable to do anything? Because the grace had left him. Don't you remember? King Saul should have been the one to fight Goliath. But the grace had left him. What he remained with was armor. And stories of the thousands he had killed. And David comes and says, is there not a cause? For some reason, David was thinking differently from his brothers. They didn't have that grace. He couldn't think the same way as everyone. And that's why, you know, when you understand the grace that's on your life, you will, I'm not saying you become proud, but I think you'll be selective of who can give an opinion and who can't. Well, there are many churches opening. Those same people are not asking about the bars that are opening here. Nevertheless, because there are many people. <laughs> there are many people. There are 17 million people in Zambia. The churches are too few. 17 million people in the nation of Zambia. Ah, we need more pastors. 17 million people. And they've never been there. They, they, they don't know what it's like to get someone from a place where they are hopeless, you get someone from a place where they are a sinner headed for hell, you get them saved and they start building their lives. They've never experienced that. There are certain things they can't say. Grace by acknowledgement. I want you to realize that Jesus began his ministry by acknowledging what was on his life. Luke chapter number 4, and I want to see verse 17, 18, and 19. So in verse 17, um, this is what the scriptures say. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Next verse to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Next verse. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who are in the synagogue were fixed on him. And then Jesus says to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What's the first thing he did? He acknowledged what was on him. That's how he began his ministry, by acknowledging what was on him. 
He acknowledged what was on him. The trouble with not acknowledging what's on you is that every success you'll ever get will be accidental. Accidental encouragements. Accidental breakthroughs. Accidental all those things. The trouble with that is things that are accidental are difficult to repeat. If something is accidental, it's very difficult to repeat. That's why if something happens accidentally, take time to study it and create a formula. Take time to study it and create a formula. But that's the trouble. If you don't acknowledge what's on you, I dare to ask this question. If you were to stand and read the scripture about you, which one would you read? If you were to write a small introduction of who you are, what would you say you are? What have you acknowledged that God has put on you? I hope by now you've outgrown the phase of saying, I'm not gifted. Are you kidding me? Are you trying to say that the scriptures are lying? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, doesn't it say that uh, the manifestation of the Spirit has been given to all to profit with all, to profit everybody? In short, there's somebody not benefiting because you're not acknowledging what's on you. Why do you keep denying us? We also want to enjoy that grace on your life. <laughs> I don't know if somebody is getting my point. I, I, I really hope you've now come to the understanding that we are in a body of Christ and each, the Bible says every joint supplies. Each part, each, each joint has got its role. Well, I, I really hope you've bypassed that phase. Because here's the thing, if you're not useful in the kingdom of God, Satan will find, Satan always has use. You'll find some good use for you. I'm telling you. You'll find some good use. He doesn't mind. Are you telling me that, that that one, that devil, can have use for people and you think God was even incomparable to him? God didn't have a purpose for making you. No, there's so much grace on your life and I'm tired of seeing people sitting on what God has placed on you. Someone would say, Pastor, some of these sermons you're teaching, <laughs> you might cause a little bit of, you know, overzealousness here and there. I'll tell you something. You're better off having a kindergarten where people are running about and you're, you know, you're doing ABCD than having a graveyard. You're better off. It's better off, it's, it's, it's like that and we, we find ways, we, run, we chase after each other sometimes and do all those things than a graveyard. Better off like that. And Jesus had that. Have you seen the disciples they had? So you didn't realize that day when they, when they were chased from a city, then two of his disciples, before Jesus could leave, ah, wait, wait, don't you think we should just call fire on this city like Elijah did? <laughs> like they realized their power, now they wanted to burn the entire city. <laughs> Praise God. Actually, when you realize the greatness that's on you, you will want mentorship. You will want it. Because if you value you, you want to add value to yourself. So let's go. Number two, one of Jesus' final moments. I only have five points for you. Number one, Jesus began by acknowledgement. Number two, one of Jesus' final moments had to do with acknowledgement. Let me show you. John 18. Let's start from verse 3. And let's use the New Living Translation, the NLT. John 18. Wow. I've just seen one of you whose mask is matching your outfit. I'm not looking this way. <laughs> okay. 
Stop looking. <laughs> Wonderful. So then Judas, having received, okay, let's read. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards. Yes, wonder why churches have security. They were temple guards to accompany him. Now, with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. Let's go on. Jesus fully realized all that was going on and all that was going to happen to him. So he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? He asked. Uh-huh. Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. Come on, wait for him. Boom, I am he. <laughs> and Jesus said, Judas who betrayed him was standing with them. Now I want you to see what happened when Jesus acknowledged who he was. Next verse. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. All of them drew back and fell to the ground. There is grace that functions through acknowledgement. Do you see the power that was made available because he acknowledged who he was? Because he acknowledged who he was. He said, I am he. Boom, on the ground. I've told you this before. I, I, I usually share it. I told you about when, what happened last year when I went to Kenya. And that very night I went, first I was not well. If, <laughs> and then during the evening, I had this experience. I don't know whether it was a dream out of the body, in the body, I'm not sure. Oh, I know that I was floating. And then this thing comes and it introduces itself. And it says, I am da 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 da. Then it said, Who are you and what are you doing here? After I was from teaching courts of heaven. <laughs> you think I was going to spare it? I said, in the volume of the books, it is written of me. And I spoke out prophetically what the Lord calls me. Down on the ground, we had serious breakthroughs. There's the power of God is made manifest when you acknowledge it. God loves to be acknowledged. He loves to be acknowledged. Praise the Lord. Interesting, even human beings love to be acknowledged. Have you noticed? No, the person who's about to speak before you, he is A, B, C, D. As they are speaking that, the language is already changed. <laughs> and um, I remember the day I realized I was an Uza student. You know, when the list came out, I was, I was at work that day because I was working. And then the list, somebody sent me a photo and said, oh, Oh, you're on the list here. The way my step changed on my way home, everything was like... And then somehow, I don't know where the big words came from. All I know is that I was now using bigger words. You know, you know uh, as members of the intelligentsia, you know, in this world of academia, we need to... <laughs> and I remember times when school would be extremely difficult, and then you remind yourself of who you are. There's something about acknowledging who you are. If you remember, there's a certain young, there's a certain young man who was mentored wrongly because his father allowed his uncle to be talking to him. He already knew the uncle was bad. He already knew the uncle had evil motives. But his father, in the goodness of his heart, allowed the uncle to be talking to him. Before we knew it, that uncle devised a scheme and made that young man think as though he killed his father. And then told him, run, run and never come back. And the guy goes and meets some crazy delinquents <laughs> who are the theory of life. 
that it doesn't matter about anything, don't care about anything, because when I was a young author, blah, 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 blah. The guy meets some crazy guys who tell him that life, don't have to worry about anything. You can do it. I don't know if you get my point. If, have you noticed that that advice they gave him was so wrong? So wrong because they took away a sense of responsibility for, from him. No sense of responsibility. And then later on, he meets this young lady. <laughs> And after, <laughs> and after feeling the love, the young lady decides, ah, emotions aside, we've got work. This side, they're waiting for you. The guy runs away, and one day he looks into the sea and he hears, remember who you are. Lenala <laughs> you. And why do you do this? Okay, yeah, where was I? I? I was being very serious. So what was I trying to say? Okay, but that was bad leadership skills. How do you allow that man to be talking, to be mentoring your son? Very bad leadership skills. I get upset when watching some of these things. I feel like correcting them, sitting them down for a session. There are times you have to put your foot down. You've killed Scott. So, <laughs> um, where was I? Let me, move, let me just go back to the scriptures before I start telling you about the one who told their child to conceal, don't feel, and don't let them know. The child needed to acknowledge what was on her life. Anyways, so have you observed the power that was made available when Jesus spoke who he was? Let's look at number three. Number three, let's look at the example of Paul. Paul magnified his ministry. Paul had an understanding of his ministry. He boasted about his ministry. He magnified his ministry. Uh, Romans 11, verse 13. And you know, have you observed that having an understanding of who you are gives you this, there's a status I saw by somebody here and they posted something that really blessed me. I was wondering why I didn't think of it. Apparently, it was birthed from my sermon on the Bible last week, and they were saying how there's a danger if you've been given five talents to compare yourself to the one who's been given two. Because the trouble is that even if the one who's been given two doubles theirs, they'll be judged differently from you who was given five. I was like, hey. <laughs> I mean, you can be telling yourself, hey, look at me. At this age, A, B, C, D. Can't you? What you are given. You'll be judged by what you are given. Because it says each according to his ability. Sobered me up. Okay. For I speak to you Gentiles, in as much as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. Give me the Amplified. The Amplified says, ah. you know, my desire, my heart in this is to see people who know who they are. And they, I'm not saying they boast out of, what word can I use? But now I'm speaking to you who are Gentiles. In as much then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I lay great stress on my ministry and magnify my office. 
this is one of the first things I learned to do. Because when I started preaching more on the public scene, I was about 17, 18, and um, apart from the grade 12 certificate, not yet achieved anything, right? And so, you know, I, if, if you've seen some of our old posters, they were very funny. Hey, if you're coming with those who are lame, bring running shoes. <laughs> if there's anyone blind, make sure you come with the books that they read. <laughs> but I haven't got into us. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, very rarely do people take you serious if you don't take yourself seriously. So there, there had to be a seriousness we attached to ourselves. Uh, even with COL, some people thought we were joking. The number of messages I've received of people who say, oh my goodness, when I come to church, the way you guys take everything so seriously. Because if you don't take it seriously, no one will. There's no point. No one will. So for your own sake and for the sake of others, you have to take what you do seriously. You have to take who you are seriously and what you do seriously. Praise the Lord. Do you take you seriously? How seriously do you take you? Do you give yourself attention? Can you suggest certain things to yourself? I think I'm doing a training. I'm doing a teaching. I haven't done a teaching this week, right? I should be doing one with some of the other groups. I think I'll be doing one internal accountability where you learn how to be accountable to yourself because you're taking yourself seriously. Okay. So Paul magnified his ministry. Listen, you have to learn to magnify that which God has placed on you. When you magnify what God has placed on you, what will happen is that those who need what's on you will easily find it or you will easily find them. One of those things. Life is too short to start trying to look humble. Number four, you will not be able to effectively communicate that which is on you if you've not learned to acknowledge it. Philemon 1 verse 6. I want it from the King James. Philemon 1 verse 6. This is my second last point. Can you imagine? I was telling the people earlier uh, something that I've been practicing. I'll tell you about it. Let me read this point. Philemon 1 verse 6. The Bible says uh, that the communication of thy faith might be effectual through the acknowledgement of every good thing that's in you. That the communication of thy faith might become effectual through the acknowledgement of every good thing that's in you. I enjoy preaching with powerful preachers. Let me tell you a bit of a background story to that. When I was about 15, I was invited to preach at Charlotte School. And I remember I reached, they sent the school bus to pick me up somewhere. And I entered, they all thought I was a fellow pupil. And some of you may not know, I was very short. and not as well built as... Uh, been putting in some time over the years, you know. And I remember I spoke. Oh my goodness, God moved. It was one of my favorite meetings because I got the sermon two weeks before. Like one day I was just seated and God said, write this down because you're going to preach it where you'll be invited. Yeah. It was only happened once. That's why. <laughs> and I reached there and I preached so powerfully and it was wonderful. Afterwards, I was invited again and they said, this time we're inviting you for an overnight. And it was a bit rare then because you may not know it, the, it's a different denomination from the Charismatics, the Pentecostal, sorry. And so we went for the overnight and then they told me, we want you to be the last speaker because we want power. 
and there were like three or four other speakers before me. Away, I was intimidated. When I saw them, I was intimidated. I was thinking, what am I here to do? The first speaker spoke. Eh, it wasn't so good. I was excited. I was like, at least I've got some relevance now. Second speaker spoke. I was like, okay, come on. Third speaker, my goodness, that man was annoyed. Ha! As he was speaking, I was wondering, what did I come to do here? The man preached, prophesied, laid hands, did all those things. I'm thinking, so I've come here to do what? Oh, then they called me. And I would never forget that move. I still get people calling me now. I've had people, I got a message last year. Somebody said, you led me to Christ in 2010. This, 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 this. That move. After that meeting, I resolved in my heart that actually, look, somebody else doing well has got no impact on my doing well. As a matter of fact, it even makes my work easier. It, it, it makes my work easier. So that's why I can minister with anyone. I don't mind whether I'm first, second, third, fourth. It really doesn't bother me. As a matter of fact, and then when they are the ones doing it, I really want them to do well. It makes my work easier. Praise God. Ah, okay. Praise God. The fourth point, like I said, acknowledging that which is in you. You will not be able to effectively communicate it if you don't acknowledge it. Haven't you seen scriptures where people like Elijah would say, if I be a man of God, what does he acknowledge in the grace of his life? Do you remember when Naaman went before the king of Israel wanting healing, and the king of Israel wanted to tear his robes? And then when Elisha heard about it, he's like, what? He came to you. He doesn't know there's a prophet in Israel. Bring him to me. How is he getting my point? He said, bring him to me. He knew who he was. Have you acknowledged who you are? Have you acknowledged what's in you? Grace, fully, fully. But you just not learned to acknowledge it. The final point. You know, I was telling the people in the earlier session how when I say pastoring, one of my biggest struggles was um, teaching because I was very used to just giving revelations. Now I had to teach because God gave me Mark 6.34 which says uh, when Jesus saw the crowds, he saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd so he began to teach them many things. The second thing I'd struggle with, I think, counseling, because I was used to just seeing 20 people in five minutes. So it just come, fire, out, go, healed, free, walk. Now you had to sit down for 30 minutes, 40, 50. Those two. Those things only began to improve when I started to acknowledge that the office came with the equipment. Remember last night, I, was, I, I, I made a list of five things. I had five pages of scriptures I wanted to declare over myself. Oh my goodness, I declared. I declared uh, from what Paul said when he said, uh, surely the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all perseverance, in signs, in wonders, and in mighty deeds. I declared that apostolic grace to father, that apostolic grace to birth, 
that apostolic grace to be an expert builder. You've seen it in the scriptures, right? And I declared my one of my favorites. This is the one that really helped me with the teaching ministry. From Isaiah 50 verse 4, which says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. I speak a word in season to those who are worthy. He awakens my ear morning by morning. I'm attentive to his will. I spoke on the prophetic where it says, The word of the Lord, uh, the spirit of God spoke by me, and his words were on my tongue. Come on. When praying over the church, I spoke in the scriptures where it says, you are not inferior to any church. You are not inferior. And uh, in another verse, it says, you lacked in no gift. And I was saying, we lack in nothing. We lack in no gift. We are not inferior to anyone else. We have the fullness of God's grace. Praise God. Went on to find in Isaiah where it says, here am I and the children you have given me. We are for signs and wonders. Praise God. <laughs> Went on to the book of Acts. Where it says, I, uh huh, come on, you know this one? I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among the saints. But if you read also, it should be, I think it's 13 verse 4, no, 14 verse 4, I think. I think it's Acts 14 verse 4, somewhere there. But it says that as Paul and Barnabas spoke the word of his grace, the Lord God, the, the Lord God worked and did signs and wonders. As they were speaking, he confirmed that word of his grace with signs and wonders. Woo, by the time I was done, I was like, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. Come on. <laughs> we killed the lion, we killed the bear. Who are you? You answer that size feeling style. <laughs> yeah, come on, praise God. To <laughs> mm. live your entire Christian life as a flower quickly faded, you have trouble. Because that's what you will manifest. You will always be a flower quickly faded. I don't be careful. Please decide which which scriptures you relate with. I've always told you. As in the Bible, literally it says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He's like the chan 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 of the grass. You know what you go sing of yourself, right? You know me, Lord. Uh, sometimes that's the difference between remaining gracefully broken. Or going on a journey of becoming gracefully whole. So, God, <laughs> praise God. Oh, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, but there's something He does for them. There's work He does for them. And where is that work revealed? It's revealed in Luke. What's the work? To heal the brokenhearted. It's His work. Kindly ensure that your assignment is not to give him work in that area. So, uh, number five, does this, the, the fifth point is that true acknowledgement will lead to humility, not to overconfidence. Let me show you. First Corinthians 15 verse 10. And, and by overconfidence, I don't mean confidence in yourself. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being overconfident in God. What's wrong with being overconfident in God? What does it say? But by the grace of God, uh-huh, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace which was with me. Have you observed that in acknowledging the grace of his life and in laboring with it, at the end of the day, what does he say? Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. 
true biblical pure acknowledgement of what's in you will lead to humility. And humility in this case is you will know that it's not by your experience, it's not by uh, what you've studied, it's not by all those things. There's a gentleman who was asked, how can I function in that which is upon your life? Ah, simple, just, just speak in tongues for eight hours a day. Oh, there's a problem. The problem is that he doesn't realize that there is a God who energized him to speak in those hours for eight hours a day. So what you should teach is, okay, for me, I cooperate with the grace upon my life by doing ABC. Yet it's not me, but the grace which is upon me. Otherwise, if you choose to come like that, there are people who come. There are times, you know, sometimes as a pastor, it humbles you. You meet people who pray more than you. I'm not joking. They pray more than you. Even somebody gave me a prayer request, Pastor, I don't know what has happened to me. I'm now struggling to pray four hours in a row. I was like, hey. You're <laughs> me. What am I trying to say? At the end of the day, true acknowledgement of grace will lead to humility. Humility will manifest in the context that you always acknowledge who the source is. So, listen, the walk of faith, this life of humility, does not mean that you disregard that good and precious gift that God has placed you. It does not mean that. As a matter of fact, you cooperate with what, what, what's the use of a gift if you don't use it? What's the whole point of having a gift if you don't use it? But you cooperate by acknowledging. Praise the Lord. How many of you have been blessed? I'm giving you an assignment. I'm giving you an assignment. Uh, take even 20-30 minutes. Put the phone away. Put the, the memes away. And all those things. Who are you? You write it down. Who are you? What has God deposited in your life? Who are you? You can tell sometimes by function, or sometimes you can tell by revelation. Sometimes those above you are able to see what you can't see. But who are you? It's very important. If you don't learn to sit and reflect, it will be difficult. Recently I was reflecting and I discovered one part of me I didn't know. I'm a storyteller. I can get the same verse you know and tell it to you as a story. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a storyteller and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm proud of it because when I read Jesus' teachings, ah, a lot of them, there was a man who went to Saul. There was this who went to do this. And you notice Jesus was a serious analyst. He would analyze farming, he would analyze marketing. From here, I can watch a movie. <laughs> the way I'll teach you the word of God from that movie. Give you a critical analysis. I realize I'm a storyteller. I love to tell stories. One of the reasons, because I don't like being bored myself. We have been in a speech, two minutes into the speech, you're looking at the time. Praise God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Trust me, even if you read my academic works, they don't, they're not as boring as most academic works. But who are you? Who are you? Why are you denying us that you? And who has defined that who you are? 
Okay, we'll have another day where we'll just discuss more of those things. Who knows? Maybe as this goes on, the Lord will reveal the opportunities like this. Okay. Praise God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you're blessed in your mind. You're blessed in your heart. You're blessed in your body. The Lord sanctifies you spirit, soul, body. The Lord keeps you blameless. The Lord keeps you from falling. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that all things are working for your good. I decree and declare that that grace upon your life is being given platform. There's somebody whom the Lord is saying, I want you to get this. The Lord is giving that grace upon your life platform. Platform in the corporate world. Platform in the mountains of influence. The Lord is giving that grace platform. That grace for leadership. That grace to be busy. That grace to be busy. Your hands are getting busy. The Lord is giving that grace platform. The Lord is giving that grace platform. In the name of Jesus. You've spent too much time interpreting dreams in the prison. The Lord is now elevating you to Pharaoh's side that you may run the nation. This week, this is your week of promise. This is your week of manifestation. This is your week in the name of Jesus. The Bible says a man's gift makes room for him. I declare your gift is making room for you. Your gift is making room for you. And as you acknowledge it, it's been sharpened like an arrow such that no one and nothing can hold it back. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. We may say the grace. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. Now we're going to say it one more time. Come on, this, these words shouldn't be nothing to you. Really. Come on, let's go. Now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God bless you all. service. I've been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on plus 2609537560 
0946094747 If you are unable to call us you can email us on the city of the lord zambia at gmail.com or reach us on the facebook page at the city of the lord church stay blessed Thank you.